Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. I would like you please to open your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians and in the 11th chapter. And in this ministry meeting, we will continue to share the second half of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 continuing from verse 17 to the end of the chapter to verse 34. This a portion of scripture that Shaul Paul wrote to the believers at Corinth is a very important portion of the Word of God. Because in this specific portion of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, from verse 17 to the end of the chapter, the Apostle Paul is dealing with one of the most important subjects in the Word of God, and this is the remembrance of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who came from heaven to give His life a ransom for many, who came in the fullness of the time. As we read in Galatians 4, 4, In the fullness of the time God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, that is Miriam, made under the law, this is under the Torah, among the people of Israel. And then the reason He came, in order to redeem them which were under the law. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. And He came to redeem, to save all who will trust in Him. We read in John 1.29 that behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of this world. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 this portion is very precious that the Apostle Shaul Paul is writing to a local assembly, the Corinthians, which were positionally saints, but practically they did not behave as saints, as Mekudashim, in their practice, they failed to live out that which the Lord had called them. And He is challenging them, and He is charging them, and He is encouraging them, and He is leading them to realize the importance of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. And especially in connection with remembering Him and what He had done for us all when He died for us on the cross, on the tree. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 17 we read, Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when ye come together in the church or as an assembly, as a congregation, I hear that there be divisions among you. 
and I partly believe it, for there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together therefore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's supper, for in eating every one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry and another is drunken. What? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God? And shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the Lord Yeshua, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take it, this is my body, which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let the man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup. For he that eateth, and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak, and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home that ye come together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. As it says again in verse 34, And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Well, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, I read this portion of scripture that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 17 to the end of the chapter to verse 34. This is a very important portion of scripture written to the Corinthian. Again, we are constantly reminded of the sad condition that was existing among the believers in the local assembly at the city of Corinth. I am repeating this 
many times as a reminder to us all, because it is showing to us that this kind of condition can prevail in the life of people who are believers, if they are not walking as they are guided by the Holy Spirit. When God's people are not allowing the Spirit of God to guide them, they have divisions among themselves, they have immorality, they have problems with marriages in divorces, they are lacking understanding of the liberty of the believers, they have problems at the Lord's table, they taking each other to court, they have issues with spiritual gifts and with even understanding truths such as the resurrection and issues such as money and All these problems are found here in this letter when the Apostle Shaul Paul is dealing with the Corinthian believers. And so here we are now in this portion. Paul, in the first 16 verses of chapter 11, he has dealt with the issue of the necessity to have order in the local assembly. He set in order the fact that the head of every man is the Messiah, is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of the Messiah, the head of Christ, is God. This is a fact, this is a truth that he wanted them to understand, uh, this uh, divine order, the creation order that God has set here in this world when he created Adam and Eve upon the face of this earth. God is the one who is the head of all things. And God the Son who became a man and became that anointed, the Mashiach, who died and was buried and raised again, and was raised again, God has set him to be the one that is ruling over all things. The Lord Jesus restored to man what man lost when he fell into sin in the Garden of Delight, in Gan Eden. And so he is now the head of all things. That's why we read in chapter 11 that the head of every man or every person is Christ, is Mashiach, is the Anointed One. And because there was a problem in the city of Corinth and the women needed to learn their place in the public assembly, that in the public assembly, the man takes the headship, the responsibility. It's not an issue of superiority, but an issue of the divine order. He have dealt with it, the Apostle Paul, in the first 16 verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He mentioned that there is no preference, it's just order. For man is not of the woman, but the woman is of man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power, authority, a covering, which is a sign of authority, that she is under authority over her head because of the angels. The angels look from heaven. They see the behavior in the public meeting of the believers, the gather saints, and they observe to see whether God's people are submissive to God's creation order. And they learn 
And they are amazing at the way in the grace of God who took sinful people and brought them into relationship with himself. But now that we have arrived to the second half of this 11th chapter, here in this 11th chapter, in the second half, the Apostle Paul now, he is pointing to the error that existed in relation to the Lord's table, the Lord's supper in the local assembly at Corinth. And so in verses 17 to verse 22, Apparently, there was those uh, feasts that were included within the Lord's table. When the remembrance of the Lord, uh, where the believers would gather together, they would have these love feasts, and there were problems right there when the feasts, the meals were taking place during the time that also there will be the remembrance of the Lord in the public assembly. Now, let me remind you that... When Yeshua the Messiah came to this world, he lived among our people, the Jewish people, in the land of Israel. He himself was celebrating and keeping the feast of Pesach, the God-ordained feast that was to be kept on the 14th day of the month of Nisan every year to remind the people of Israel of God's redemption. Not only the physical redemption, that he took them out of slavery. But also they were redeemed by blood because an animal, a blood, had to be shed of the lamb. And the lamb is a picture of Yeshua HaMashiach, of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. So they were delivered physically from bondage, but they were also forgiven and came out to liberty because the blood was shed. When I see the blood... Exodus chapter 12, I will pass, Pasach, Pasachti, I will pass over you. In other words, without the blood, he would not pass on these homes of the Hebrews. And surely, every one of the Hebrews who were faithful and obedient to God, he, as the head of the house, would take the lamb, kill the lamb on the 14th day of the month, of Nisan, take the lamb's blood, put it on the doorpost and the lintel, and inside the home, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, would feed on the lamb of God. This celebration we have been keeping for 3,500 years until today. And every Jewish home keep that feast in one way or another as a memorial to remind are people of the deliverance from the land of Egypt. But, beloved brothers and sisters, in the fullness of the time when the Mashiach have come, the Lord Yeshua the Messiah, he himself was born in Bethlehem. He lived in Nazareth. And among his own people, he kept the feast of Passover, the feast of Pesach, every year. In fact, keeping all the seven feasts of the Lord that were given in Leviticus chapter 23, including the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is linked together with the Feast of Passover. And so we read of this in the Brit HaChadashah, in the New Covenant, and it's very interesting that in Matthew 26, verse 25 to 29, in Mark 14, verse 22 to 25, in Luke 22, verses 14 to 20, and even in John 13, verse 1, and then later on, verse 23 to 27, you read of that feast of Pesach. In Hebrew, we call it 
מועד פסח, חג פסח, the feast of Passover. And as he was celebrating with his own disciples, the Talmudim, those that have followed him, as he was celebrating the Pesach, the feast of Passover, out and as part of the feast of Passover, he introduced what is known today, the Lord's Supper and the Lord's Tables, the Remembrance Meeting. And you remember, beloved brothers and sisters, where we do read, specifically in Matthew, chapter 26, And as they were eating, Yeshua took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. But I say unto you that I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Looking forward for the Messianic kingdom that will come in a future day when Israel will be restored and the Messiah will rule and reign over a restored nation and a world that will come to acknowledge him as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So they were eating the Passover meal in every home and in including Yeshua with his disciples who have sent the disciples to prepare the Passover seder, the Passover meal. And so in a very similar way as time passed by, There was meals that were connected and associated with the celebration or the remembrance meeting, as we called it today. And so the Corinthians, in a very same way, they had these love feasts, these feasts that are part of the believers coming together, and sometime during these meals, as they have recorded in the apostles Paul's instruction, they would also uh, remember the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ in his death for them by participating with the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the cup of wine. So it is a memorial meeting which the Lord have desired to have this with those that belong to him. You see, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, never wanted us to forget what He has done for us. The Lord Yeshua HaMashiach always wanted to remind all that He came from heaven to die for the sin of this world. And He suffered, and He died, and He shed His precious blood, and He established this new covenant based upon His own blood that was shed on the cross on the Roman cross some 2,000 years ago. And so this is important in light of the text which we are reading today, dear brothers and sisters, in the study of the Word of God of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And so we read now in verse 17 to verse 22, 
that there was a problem in the midst of the Corinthian believers, of the saints of God, imagine, even when they were gathering together and they were, first of all, having a meal which will follow up by the remembrance of the Messiah. Let me remind you, beloved friends, that in the early days of assembly of the church, when the church was born in the city of Yerushalayim, they were already there. They continue on in the remembrance meeting. Let me remind you, we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, that was in the land of Israel. It says, and they continue steadfastly. Verse 42, in the apostles' doctrine, this is teaching from the word of God that the apostles taught. And then in fellowship, they had in fellowship with one another in meals and participation in, in homes, in various homes. And, and then in the breaking of the bread, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. In other words, they continue on a regular basis to have an ongoing instruction from the Word of God. They had fellowship with one another, the early believers. They broke bread with one another, and they had a time of prayer. Now, the breaking of the bread that is mentioned in Acts 2 and verse 42, some take it to mean just eating food, because it's customary among our people, even today, every Friday night, Shabbat comes in, there is the breaking of the bread, giving thanks. We said the bracha, the blessing, we give thanks to God, we tear the bread and we give one piece to every one around the table before the Shabbat, as the Shabbat comes in. And we give thanks for God who provided us the bread out of the earth and of the fruit of the vine, giving thanks for the cup of wine that reminds us of the fruit of the vine. That is a custom that we, the Jewish people still do today in Israel and all the Jewish world do so today. It's a custom that has been developed over the years in Jewish history. And remember, in the first century, all the believers in the land of Israel were Hebrew Christian, Messianic Jews, Jewish believers. And they themselves continue with this custom, but they had, in addition to that, they also remembered the Lord Jesus the Messiah, who gave his life for them. In fact, we read Acts 2.42, and they continue steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayer, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together, and they had all things in common, they sold their possession, goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need, and they, listen to this, verse 46 of Acts chapter 2, they continued daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with a meal with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, to the assembly daily, such as would be saved. In other words, they were day after day after day meeting together as believers, including the breaking of the bread and including the eating of their meals. 
It had been suggested that the early believers of the assembly in the land of Israel remembered the Lord on a day-by-day when they were meeting together. They, as they were gathered together, remember it was a time of transition. The transition was that Israel, the nation, because they haven't accepted the Messiah as it was predicted by God at the first coming, and the assembly was born, which was a mystery hidden God. The church age had been introduced, and so they were in the in a transition. And in the early days, they met every day as believers. It was an amazing period of time in the history of the ecclesia of the kehilah, the assembly, where they were daily continuing with one accord, and they did so initially in the temple. In Yerushalayim, breaking bread from house to house and eat their food with gladness and singleness of heart. Later on, in the history of the church, of the assembly, later on, it became more of a pattern to uh, remember the Messiah, Jesus, on the first day of the week. According to Acts chapter 20 and verse 7, we read, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and they continued his speech until midnight. So you notice that Shaul Paul arriving to Troas, Troas is not Jerusalem, mostly non-Jewish people live there, so they met on the first day of the week and they broke bread. And you notice it was an evening meeting, not a day meeting, not a morning meeting. But it was apparently, it may have very well be biblically Saturday evening after sundown, which is the first day of the week, according to Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 32. From even to even ye shall celebrate your Shabbat. In other words, the biblical day always began at evening, not in the morning. And that's why we often call the, the Lord's table, we call it the Lord's Supper. That's why it is said in verse 20, When you come together, therefore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. And Supper is an evening. And it was an evening. The Passover was always kept on the evening. On the evening. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, listen to this. Here it become a customary thing to do is to eat a meal together. It used to be called love feast. And then, at the same time, as the meal is over, then they remember the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, in His death, burial, and resurrection. In fact, it was a Jude, when Jude was writing and warning the believers, he said concerning certain men that crept in unaware, who were before of old ordained to this situation, they were ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. He mentioned that they were coming in the middle of the feasts of the believers. Notice it says in verse 12 of Jude, these are spots in your feasts of love. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. In other words, there were feasts of love that God's people were 
celebrating and enjoying with one another, which came from historically from the lessons that we learn in the history of Israel that the Passover was a meal and a remembrance of what God had done for Israel historically, but the Messiah during that Passover meal, he broke the bread and gave thanks and passed it to all. Then he took the cup and said, take, drink of it. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is in my blood. And so now notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, as we enter to this portion. In verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said, Now in this I I declare unto you, I praise ye not. Why? That ye come together. Notice again, it's a public gathering together. You come together not for the better, but for the worse. So when the believers in Corinth were gathering together, they should have come to enjoy the Lord, to enjoy one another, to enjoy a meal together, and then ultimately to remember Him, what He have done for them. And so he said in verse 18, that the Corinthians were divided. Imagine, you come to a meeting where you enjoy a meal together, and you ultimately are going to remember the Messiah Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection. But he said... For first of all, when you come together in the church, this word for church always means the people, the gathered saints. It's not a building, because church, ecclesia in the Greek, it means called out individuals, called out ones. He said, I hear that there is divisions among you, and I partly believe it. I am hearing that there is divisions among you. I partly believe it, he says, to them as he writes to them this letter. And he continues in verse 19, Paul to say, he says to them, For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. So there are divisions among you, there are many opinions among you, but then he says, okay, there must be these heresies or these groups among you, why, or these sects among you, why the day which are approved may be made manifest among you. In other words, what is the evidence that there is uh, there are godly believers among the saints of God is the behavior in the midst of the assembly among the people of God. How does one behave when there is frictions and various opinions and various desires when the assembly, when the believers come together. There are divisions. There are schism among among you. And I believe it, he said. I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, verse 19, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. The word for heresies is the word sects in Hebrew, kitot, there are all sorts of sects and groups among the people of God. You remember that same problem was already earlier, according to First Corinthians, the same book in chapter 3. Remember what Shaul Paul said to them earlier. He said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, Neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, 
For whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one say I am of Paul and another say I am of Paulos, are ye not carnal? You see, there was carnality in the midst of the assembly and it's a problem that existed in past days and it is existing today. Why? Because we all have this old sin nature, the flesh, and we all want to have our own way. And uh, oftentimes when we are not walking with the Lord and in humility before the Lord and sensitive to the work of the Spirit of God in our hearts, there are these divisions. So Paul knew and he said those things have to happen among the people of God, among the assembly of the believers. Why? Because those that are approved must be made manifest among you. In other words, the spiritual brother, the spiritual sister, the spiritual person can be a blessing to the people of God. He and she can be used by the Lord to edify and to encourage the people of God. That's what is showing uh, to us uh, here in this passage. Paul is saying these things have to happen among God's people because this way you can discover who are the spiritual-minded individuals among the people of God. It's not a matter of salvation because both are saved, but those that are approved are those that behave spiritually and not carnally acting in the power of the Spirit and not in the power of this old sinful nature. And beloved brothers and sisters, we cannot blame everyone else, but we have to search our own hearts because this is a problem that we all face every time, every day. That's why in Galatians 5 we read, Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so we continue here in verse 20, 21, and 22. The Corinthians came into one place with a wrong attitude of heart. They came with a wrong attitude of heart. Notice how sad. We read, when ye come together, therefore into one place. In other words, you come to the meeting room, to the hall, to the building where the gathered saints meeting. This is not, he said, to eat the Lord's Supper, he's saying to them. For in eating, everyone takes uh, taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry and another, notice, is drunken. He said, what? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink? Or despise ye the church of God? Again, the church of God is not the building. Do you despise the people of God, the assembly of people that are redeemed by the Lord, which belong to God? And shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. Shaul Paul is saying, to them very bluntly. You see, you need to set your selfishness aside and think of your brothers and of your sisters. Think of the assembly of God. Think of the believers. Don't think only of yourself. 
In eating, everyone really takes before the other. Even his own supper, what they are coming to enjoy this love feast, to enjoy one another as believers, and instead of being sensitive to one another, and then continue on and flowing into the remembrance of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, well, everyone takes his before the other, his own supper, the one is now remaining hungry because he or she do not have, and even another being drunken. In other words, they were drinking and they were already there. How can you come into the remembrance of the Lord, into the Lord's uh, supper, the Lord's table, when you are drunken? For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. The one is hungry, another is drunken. He says, what, don't you have houses to eat and to drink? Do you despise the assembly of God, the ecclesia, the called out of God? Do you despise the people of God? You're shaming them that do not have, perhaps some were poor and not able to bring like others? There was insensitivity there. He says, what shall I say to you? I'm not going to praise you. I praise you not. And that section, beloved brothers and sisters, from verse 17 to verse 22, it is the, a charge and a challenge that the Apostle Paul presents before the Corinthian believers in the love, in connection with their love feast, which was part of the remembrance of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Now, it should have been imagine a feast that you when loving one one another enjoying one another serving one another and then to flow from there into the remembrance of the lord into the lord's supper and there to be occupied with yeshua with jesus our lord and our messiah you see but how can you be occupied with him when you are so much occupied with yourself and that is very sad. And so from here on, beloved brothers and sisters, from verse 23 to the end of the chapter, to verse 34, the Apostle Paul is responding to the sad abuse that existed among the believers at Corinth concerning the Lord's Supper. Again, to remind you that the Local assembly gathered together as the company. And as they gather together, they come to meet the Lord. They continue steadfastly in the apostle doctrine. And then we have the breaking of the bread, enjoying fellowship with one another and prayer. And they should have such an attitude that gives them joy in their heart as they are now to anticipate the remembrance of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, in his death, burial, and resurrection. And so in the next verses, Paul is emphasizing the abuse that was going on there. And so, a few things that are important uh, to emphasize as we enter into verse 23 onward. First of all, to remember, beloved brothers and sisters, that the, that the Lord Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua the Messiah, gave basically two ordinances to the church, to the assembly. 
Only two, basically. The one was baptism, tvila, immersion. You remember where he said at the end of chapter 28 of the Gospel of Matthew, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. So, uh, the requirement of baptism, physical uh, putting uh, the body put under water, representing death and burial, and coming out of the water, resurrection, it is a symbolic act in which he commanded his own people to a practice. But then secondly, beloved brothers and sisters, the second ordinance that the Lord had given, it is the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, in which the believers are called to remember Him in His death, burial, and resurrection. This is important. It is found in actuality, of a reminding the introduction of the remembrance meeting is found already in the Gospels, specifically in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where he is clearly saying to the disciples to remember him. Do this in remembrance of me, beloved brothers and sisters. Remember in Luke chapter 22, in verse 14, we read, And when the hour was come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup, and he gave thanks and said, Take this, and divide it among yourself. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he brake it, and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Luke 22, verse 14 to 20. And so the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, is the one that introduced the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, the Remembrance Meeting. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So, baptism and the Lord's Supper, Tvilam, immersion, and the Saudat Hadon, the Lord's Table, the Lord's Supper, is given in the scripture by the Lord himself. And in order to enjoy this, the value of the experience of these two symbols, the uh, baptism, the tvila, the immersion, representing symbolically to identify with his death and resurrection, identifying with him when one is being baptized. They remember the Lord's Supper is remembering Him, the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, who gave His life for us. So in order to enjoy, to be in a, in a proper enjoyment of these two ordinances, it's dependent upon the condition, the spiritual condition of those that participate in these 
remembrance meeting. And therefore, if one is not in a proper spiritual condition, he or she can never enjoy properly these two ordinances that God had given to the assembly, to the ecclesia. Thirdly, because it is so serious, specifically the remembrance meeting, both are serious, these ordinances, then for every believer, a believer's life must be, with the help of the Lord, led in such a way that it is pleasing to the Lord. Why? Because God is judging His people. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is disciplining His people, whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. So one cannot come approach the Lord's Supper with an attitude in his lifestyle that is not uh, seeking to live for the Lord. Remember 1 Peter 4 verse 17, For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. In other words, the believer in the Lord Yeshua the Messiah must be in a condition, a sensitive condition, where he or she realizes that they need to have a repentance heart, repented heart as they as we approach the remembrance meeting, the Lord's Supper. And also, beloved brothers and sisters, all believers who take part in the Lord's Supper are called to have their hearts occupied with the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, of the Mashiach himself. Why? Because He is the one that we are called to remember. Do this in remembrance of me, we read in the Word of God. And therefore, as one partake of the bread and the wine, one has to realize that he and she are, as believers that are saved and forgiven, are to remember Him to remember Yeshua Jesus, to remember the Lord. And that is important. So as we are moving now to these verses, notice there are four things that we learn here from verse 23 onward to verse 34. First of all, the believers are called to look back in remembering the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah in his death. Paul is saying in verse 23, 24, and 25. Notice what Paul is saying. He's saying, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Yeshua, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We read in verse 25, And after the same manner he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do ye as often as ye drink it, notice, in remembrance of me. Now notice, brothers and sisters, we know that Shaul, Paul, was not in the upper room in Yerushalayim when the Mashiach was celebrating Pesach with his disciples. And when Yeshua Jesus celebrated the Passover with his disciples, he introduced the remembrance meeting 
uh, along with the Feast of Pesach. Out of the Feast of Pesach, along with the Feast of Pesach, looking for the forward, what believers are called to do after his death, burial and resurrection. But Paul was not there. Of course, Shaul was not yet a believer. Shaul became a believer later on, on the way to Damascus, as he was persecuting the early Hebrew believers. When he was on the way to Damascus, with letters from the high priest, going to the Beit HaKneset, Batei HaKneset, to the synagogues in Damascus, to bring these wayward Jewish believers in Yeshua back to Jerusalem, so they will punish them. So the early Hebrew Christians suffer tremendously by Shaul who persecuted them. But now we learn that Paul received a special revelation from the Lord. Notice he says, I have received of the Lord. That was a unique revelation that Paul had received from the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. He used this expression in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. You see, he received from the Lord. It is a unique revelation. Remember that Paul, Shaul Paul, he was a unique apostle. He saw the Lord on the way to Damascus. And the Lord revealed to him truths. And therefore, at some point of time, he received that revelation concerning the Lord's table, the Lord's supper. For I receive of the Lord that which I, I also deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus. Now notice that. He received from the Lord that which the Lord Yeshua have done when he was here on earth. The Lord told him this. That the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. That word, that bread was the unleavened bread of Passover because in the Pesach you could never have a leavened bread because the unleavened represent that sin was removed. And the Lord Jesus the Messiah, the sinless one, the bread spoke of him. He is the undefiled, the separate from sinners. No leaven in him, no yeast in him, no sin in him. The same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is, the King James says, which is broken for you. Well, there were no bones broken in his body. Eat of it, this is, speak of my body, which is given for you. This do notice in remembrance of me. Beloved brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, wants us to remember him. He is the, the center. He is the object of the gathering of the saints to remember Him. He is the object. He is the bread of God. For God, He is the joy of God's heart. No wonder we read in the Gospels concerning the person of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, that how God was so pleased with Him. You remember there was a voice that came from heaven that said, Notice, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. He is the beloved of the Father. And 
God the Father is, he is the food for God, the bread of God. And therefore he wants us to remember him. So he took the bread, Paul is saying, that he received from the Lord, this information. And he said to the disciples in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem, take it. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It is my body. He gave his life. This represented, the unleavened bread represented his body symbolically which was given on the tree, on the Roman cross. And after that in verse 25, the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. Notice once again, in remembrance of me. Let me just make a point here that I think it is very important. The wine, the cup, was added to the Passover some hundred years before coming of the Lord Jesus the Messiah to this world as the uh, Jewish people were, were keeping Passover. You don't find the cup of wine in Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12, when Israel initially were delivered out of Egypt, there was the unleavened bread, the bitter herbs, and the lamb. That's it. That was the only three emblems at the first Passover. But somehow, that was added into the feast uh, Passover table by our people of old, by the spiritual leaders of Israel. It had been suggested some hundred years before the Messiah Yeshua came. And it must be read representing, of course, here the blood of the Messiah. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah himself, took that cup. And notice that we read in verse 25, the same manner he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do as often as he drink it in remembrance of me. Now, beloved brothers and sisters, to remind you that in the Passover, even during the day of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, there were more than one cup in the Passover table. And it is very interesting that the Lord Jesus the Messiah took the third cup according to the history, and he, this is called the cup of redemption. And he took that cup, applying to himself and he says, do this in remembrance of me. Just to show you that there were more than one cup even on the table when the Lord was there, when Yeshua was there some 2,000 years ago. Listen to what we read in Luke chapter 22. We read in verse 14, And when the hour was come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. And he said unto them with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And so notice verse 17. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Notice that is the first cup mentioned in Luke chapter 22. 
Then in verse 19, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And then after this, in verse 20, he took another cup. Notice, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So in Luke chapter 22, in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem, there are two cups mentioned. In verse 17, one before supper, and in verse 20, another cup after the meal, after the supper. Now let me mention that it is very instructive because there are four cups that are still being drank out of in the Passover that our people Israel are celebrating even today. The first cup is called the cup of sanctification. In Hebrew, Kiddush. The second cup is called the cup of plagues. In Hebrew, Makot. The third cup is called the cup of redemption. In Hebrew, Yeshuot. And the fourth cup is called the cup of praise. In Hebrew, Hallel. And it is very interesting that the cup of redemption, this is the third cup, is always taken after the meal, after supper. And the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, according to Luke chapter 22 and verse 20, likewise also the cup after supper, he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. And this third cup in the Passover that is still kept by the Jewish people is called the cup of redemption. In Hebrew, redemption, Yeshuot, salvation, redemption. No wonder that the name of Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua, the cup of Yeshuot, the cup of salvation, the cup of Yeshua. This is the cup of redemption. And that reminds us of the redemption that the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, provided. Notice even His name. You shall call His name Yeshua, Matthew 1.21, Jesus. For he shall save, Yoshia, he shall save, he will redeem his people from their sins. So the first thing that we learn from this passage is that believers should look back and remember the Lord Jesus, the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, as he said to the Apostle Paul what he said to the disciples in Yerushalayim in the upper room, the same night in which he was betrayed. He took the bread and he gave it to them and he said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. In the next verse, in verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 11, he took the cup when he had given thanks and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Beloved brothers and sisters, when we gather together to remember the Lord on the first day of the week, we are called to remember Him, to be occupied with the person and the work that the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, have accomplished for us. Remember what He have done in the past when He died 
when he paid for our sins, every sin that you and I committed, he had to pay for that. He was lifted up there on the shameful cross, and he died for your sins and mine, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends. We are called to remember him in his death. Do this in remembrance of me. It is me who gave my life for you, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah said. But secondly, in the next verse, verse 26, the believers who participate in the Lord's Supper, in the Lord's table, should really not only look back at past history, what he have done for us in the past, but to look also ahead to the future coming of the Lord, to his return. He's coming back. You see, Jesus the Messiah, our Lord, he, he died on the cross. He was buried, but he rose again for our justification. And he's now seated at God's right hand and he's returning back. And so notice what we read in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 11. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death. Notice, until he come. Every time when believers are gathered together, the saints of God, the redeemed, the born from above, the, the forgiven people are gathered around the Lord to remember him and participating in the drinking of the cup, in the participating with the eating of the bread, we are showing forth the Lord's death. It specifically speaks of His death. Why? Because He was the just one who had to die for us who are unjust. It specifically speaks about His death. And sometimes it is we are sad when we look back what it meant for him to die. No wonder he cried when he was on that Roman cross, Elohi, Elohi, Lama Shvaktani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You see, the holy God of Israel had to forsake the Messiah. He had to judge him for the sin of this world because there was no other solution. The lambs and the rams could not take away sins. They only temporarily covered sins, made kapara, atonement, temporarily. But the Mashiach came, the Messiah came, and he was punished, the just for the unjust, in order to bring us to God. There was no other person that could bear our sins except the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, to bear our sins in his body on the tree. But we are to show forth the Lord's death until He comes. In other words, we are to look to the future. He's coming. He's coming, beloved brothers and sisters. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is returning. He's going to come back and He will take us to be with Him in heaven. What a wonderful truth to learn from these beloved brothers and sisters. Do you know that the Lord is returning? Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, is coming back. 
He's coming back, beloved brothers and sisters, and therefore we are called to remember him, to remember him in his death, to do this until he comes. First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26. Amazing when you think about this wonderful promise that the Lord Jesus the Messiah is coming back. But there is another thing that we are called to bear in mind as every one of us approach the remembrance of the Lord in participating with the drinking of the cup, with the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the cup. The believers should also to search our own hearts. Not only to look back and look at the person of the Lord by faith and what He has done for us. Not only to look forward and to look to the day when He will return and to remember Him in His death until He is come. But also notice in verse 27 to verse 32, we are to also search our own hearts. The Lord doesn't want His own people to come to His supper, to His table, without to search our own hearts. That's why notice what we read in verse 27 all the way to verse 32. Paul is saying, as he's writing to the Corinthians, who were so occupied with themselves and had divisions, even in these love feasts, doing the Lord's table, which dishonored God and was not pleasing to Him. And that's why he had to discipline some. As God must discipline even his own people, whom he loved and whom he had redeemed. And so we read, Wherefore, notice verse 27, there is a need to remember the Lord in a right manner. He says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, in other words, in an unworthy manner, you see, none of us is really worthy. It's not a matter of being worthy. None of us are worthy. That's why we needed forgiveness of sins. But when believers that have been forgiven practice these important meetings and gathering around the Lord in an unworthy manner, they will bring upon themselves judgment. Wherefore, verse 27, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, in unworthy manner, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. He or she shall be guilty of the body of the blood of the Lord. In other words, they will be the one that will be guilty in the manner whereby they are behaving in the remembrance meeting. To remind you that in verses 20, 21, and 22 we did read, For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. And one is hungry, and another is drunken. What, have ye not houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God? And shame them that have not. What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not, Paul said. And so anyone who 
who does not search his or her heart as we approach the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, one will bring upon themselves, they will be guilty, uh, and the Lord will have to discipline his own people. We read in verse 28, Each believer must examine themselves, but let the man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the cup. Notice, it's very interesting. It says, let the man or let the person examine himself and eat. Not examine, examine himself and not eat. In other words, the believers are called to participate in the Lord's table and eat and to remember the Lord and drink grapefruit of the wine to remind for us of the, of the body and the, and the blood of, the, of Yeshua, the Messiah, who died for our sins. So it's not a matter of refraining from eating and drinking, but to examine the heart. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thought, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in a way everlasting. David said to the Lord in his prayer, the King of Israel. So we are to search our hearts, to confess, to repent, and remember, and forsake. That's what Paul, Shaul, is saying to the Corinthians. In verse 29, eating and drinking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner will bring the judgment of God. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. A person that is not searching his or her heart in, and practicing this remembrance meeting in an unworthily manner, the way in which things were going, people are drunk, others are another outside and not taking care of one another, don't have a sensitive heart, that will bring judgment, damnation on themselves. The Lord will deal with that person. You notice what he says in verse 30, God sent discipline upon his own people because we read, for this cause, notice many, not only some, Many are weak and sick, sickly among you, Paul is saying to the Corinthians. In other words, because of this sad condition in the local assembly in Corinth, where there was remembrance of the Lord in an unworthily manner, because of this carnality, many are weak and sickly among you. And notice he added at the end of verse 30, and many sleep. That expression with sleep has to do with death. There is a sin unto death, we read in 1 John 5, 16. God judge his people. Hebrews 10 tells us this. God does judge his people and he ultimately will have to remove a believer out of this world, take him or her to heaven because of the manner whereby they approach the Lord's Supper. You remember what we do read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this expression, falling asleep, is an expression only applied to believers, not to unbelievers. For believers who die, he or she are really sleeping through Jesus, through Yeshua. They are redeemed, they are saved, but they are sleeping, waiting the day of resurrection. It's not a soul sleep, it's a body sleep. 
It's a body that dies, considered to be asleep. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, we do read in verse 13, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. These are believers that died physically, and the scripture consider them sleeping. It is a body sleep waiting the resurrection, but the soul and the spirit is redeemed and in the presence of the Lord. He continued in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep through Jesus, through Yeshua, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. A believer who died, he or she are sleeping, their body is sleeping, the soul and the spirit is absent from the body and present with the Lord. And this is exactly, beloved brothers and sisters, what Paul is saying. Some of you have fallen asleep. The judgment of God took them out of this scene into heaven because of the behavior that they had at the Lord's table. And so in verse 31 and verse 32 for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord for that we should not be condemned with the world. The Lord is dealing with His own people in discipline. Whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth and He scourges everyone whom He receives. So it is serious to approach the Lord's Supper, the Lord's table, in an unworthily manner without to search our hearts and to realize that we are remembering the one that died for our sins, who died, who was punished, who shed his blood, who gave his body, Yeshua the Messiah, for our sins. And therefore, we are to approach the table of the Lord with an attitude of searching our own heart, looking within our hearts. In verse in 32, we do read, But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. And then finally, beloved brothers and sisters, and I'm closing with this, in verse 33 and 34, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, believers should look around, not only to look back, and remember the Messiah in His death Himself, verse 23, to 25, not only to look ahead to wait for the coming of the Lord until His return, longing for the return of the Lord, not only to search our own heart to look within, in verse 27 to 32, but believers, as we approach the Lord's table, should look by faith around us and realize that there are others that we are to be concerned with. And so we read in verse 33 and 34 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry for one another. And if any man is hungry, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. Apostle Shaul Paul was anticipating to come to Corinth and to set things in order. But until he would do so, 
if he would get to do so, he charging the Corinthian believers to realize that they should not abuse the Lord's table. That every believer should look back and remember the Lord, approach the Lord's table seriously, remembering the Lord's death for them. Do this in remembrance of me. That they should look forward for the return of the Messiah, first of all for the assembly and also for the people of Israel and for the whole world. Thirdly, they should look, should look within their own hearts and search their hearts, realize that judgment will come upon them if they will come in an unworthily manner without self-judgment. And fourthly, they are to look around, to care for one another and realize that we are brethren and we are to take care of one another. Well, my dear friend, God bless you. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help His people. May the Lord help us all. God bless you. Until the next time, we say to you all, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.